Hello, hello, great audience out there, world. Uh, see, that was a great start. Wow. Um, this is episode six of A Slice of Humble Pie with your hosts, Titus and Stephanie. This, well, for us, it's a fine evening, and we're excited to talk some more. We have some thoughts. Um, as usual, connected to our personal experience, but also just thinking about random things and how it connects with our Christian reality and just wrestling with that, being a Christian in a messy world. And this will be a very good example of that. So um, I guess I'll just briefly introduce kind of the purpose behind today's episode is to talk about how do you deal with situations that are beyond your control? So, or that at least feel beyond your control and you're in the middle of that anxiety-filled panic as you feel things happening around you that you don't like or that stress you out or freak you out and you've gotten to the point where you feel you can't do anything about it just that moment of stress um, and how to cope with that and how does your Christianity help you do that and what does it look like for a Christian to go through that? Does it look different than someone who's not Christian? Um, yeah, we're going to wrestle with that. I'm going to let Steph take it from here and <laughs> see where she wants to take it. Oh, gosh. Well... As always, we did not prepare for this. Actually, Titus came home from church today. Steph prepared for this. There's a page in front of her. No, this is my journal because I was kind of losing it today. <laughs> um, by no means are we prepared with notes or anything. Um, we had a really rough weekend, and it's almost Friday. <laughs> it's not even the weekend anymore. It's been a really long week, and um, yeah, we're reeling. I think I felt like I was finally getting better, and then um, tonight I looked at our little foster child, and I lost it again, and <laughs> then I journaled. And actually, this was pretty cool before I get into why, but um, if you open your Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, and you type it. No, I'm not saying you do it oh, right now. No. <laughs> I'm just saying if you're feeling like sometimes when I'm stressed or something, I'll find a plan that goes to that or what I'm dealing with, whether it's like how am how my better mom or whatever. But tonight I looked up um, what does God say about being powerless? Because that's really how we feel. And uh, all kinds of Bible thoughts came up. And I wrote a bunch down and then I like read them and then I took notes and how that connected to me. And hopefully tomorrow I'll wake up and believe everything I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really what today is about. How you are feeling and not even just feeling. A lot of times you literally are powerless. And that's where we're at as foster parents. So some of you know we are foster parents. We've fostered a few handful of kiddos in the last couple of years. And um, in training, we always were told we'd get to a spot like this. And um, we're there and we're living it. 
And we're obviously, we're going to relate to this as much as possible because this is our real life right now. <laughs> and part of this is we literally just need to talk it through tonight and we th figured why not record it because that's how our podcasts roll. But um, not, maybe not just to, so she was referencing like this is where we're at, like just to specify what, just to give that a little bit more definition. I, um, it's like we're... In training, you know, they just make clear, especially during foster training, that there's so much that's out of your control because you're the support family um, and you're there for the kids. But I don't know how to say this nicely, but it's like you are legal guardians, but at the same time, like in some ways, you're pawns of the system. You're trying to um, be part of the solution. Um, but it's not about you. It's about the kid. And, and oftentimes that, um, just the whole situation with foster care, it, you could have little ones that you love so much, um, taken from your life. And that's not saying that's what's happening right now, but just that uncertainty because it's out of your control. It's not like your own kids where you know that they're yours and it's not, um, at the adoption stage, you're just at this, um, you're going to help as long as you can. And that can, and, and when that date is, is, is very uncertain. And so they're just like, be prepared for that because that's going to really stress you out sometimes when you really don't want to even think about that ever happening and the stress that that's going to bring. Sorry. It's okay. For the record, I was getting there. <laughs> I, know, I know, you didn't but I trust wanted to talk that I too. would get there. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's part of it. The other part is, as a foster parent, something you go through is these kids come into your home and you're literally told and taught to treat them as your own. And we do. Naturally, as a parent... Um, a faithful parent, I should say, not all parents, as we've learned, but as a, as a faithful parent, you naturally go all in for these children that are in your home, whether they're foster, adopted, maybe they're just someone staying with you for a little while. We've had that in our life before. And in that, there are situations where our sole job as a foster parent is to keep these children safe. When they cannot be safe at the moment in their own home. And for whatever reason, there's tons of reasons out there. And in doing that, you see and you hear and you witness a lot of things. And while that's very helpful in the situation, the powers that be <laughs> and the law is entirely a different beast. So while I'm over here, we're over here trying to keep our foster children safe, just like we keep our own children safe, there's certain decisions you make because of course course I'd make that decision that is so unsafe and um, I'm terrified and this child is helpless I need to advocate 
but there are laws and we all know the famous saying the system is broken because it is i hate the system it, uh, it is and i hate it too and you know what <laughs> i didn't actually hate the system until this last weekend yeah, i could see that change yeah it changed and uh, <laughs> and the caseworker knows it changed <laughs> uh, it's a beast of its yeah, own we've actually had a pretty good relationship because i mean and we still do yeah of course because you understand that like what i've, I've told this to a lot of people when there's um a broken family like what one of the first lessons i learned with foster care is like it makes you appreciate a family that's working well and how beautiful and priceless that is because when you're in foster care and you see all of the resources that are needed to deal with one issue mm -hmm. or help one kid or try to put this pieces back together and how imperfect that works no matter what you do, then you realize like, wow, I never realized how valuable my upbringing was or my parent was or that I didn't have to deal with this or that. And like no amount of money and effort and good intentions and caseworkers, even the best ones can replace that. Like, so it's like trying to replace a God thing with human effort and it just never yeah. makes it. And we see that's the system. It's trying to yeah. put things back together that only God can put back together ultimately. But we're part of this broken world and we're trying to make a small difference i don't like using that word all the time but just like <laughs> make an impact and live out our faith by sacrificially doing what we can and yeah using what we have faithfully <sighs> yeah at, at one point in our life we said we have a lot of bedrooms let's use them <laughs> faithfully yeah. that was one one way yeah and we don't have a lot like no but it's, in our mind that we was had a, space that was a then. quote we said in clintonville yeah <laughs> but that's true yeah, we just have a lot to give and we have a lot of love and and like why so here's the hard part and this is the part I'm struggling with. So and it kind of brings us full circle to our topic of handling situations where you're absolutely powerless. So in this like in foster care what we're really seeing now what's coming to light is you are literally powerless because you have no say in the end game in the results you have a voice but will that actually matter what I learned this weekend is what I said didn't actually matter if it wasn't uh, I don't want to put what it what you mean is like it didn't want to give it too didn't many matter details. on the yeah, I'm not... like what I know, and and the caseworkers know. We all know because we are seeing it. We see it this weekend. We've we know it, but there legally, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and it's powerless because it, I don't. Your have... hands are tied with yeah. a lot of that stuff. And, and if any of you have dealt with a law at all, you've felt that yeah. like how hard that can be. I know we had. I won't give specific details, but we had someone in our life who was going through a lot of legal things and going through a, mm -hmm. a messy divorce situation yeah. where there was abuse involved and should be clear cut, you know, like you'd think like here was this woman who was abused and mistreated by someone that she trusted. And you'd think that would be, you know, a clear benefit to her legally, but because she didn't have 
evidence because she didn't have this specific thing or this specific thing or this officer didn't report this or that like it made it so painful for her and ultimately didn't give her anything legally Mm -hmm. and that's like the frustrating part if you've dealt with the legal system is like they can only act on specific rules that have been specifically set down and anything that's a feeling or an instinct or an emotion or common sense has no bearing (laughs) in the court of law or logic and you're kind of i mean on one side you're happy because if anyone could just go in there and make an emotional argument and get you into prison that would suck you have to do it that way But it's scary when you're involved in that because you feel so powerless. And unless you have that clear evidence or like a lawyer, not that we need a lawyer, but just like someone to speak your case in a way that they sound knowledgeable and can persuade even it, it's just a scary situation to be around. And if you don't feel like you're supported or like being heard, because what Steph said matters. But what she means is like legally, like it doesn't necessarily impact our situation. Yeah, or the case. Yeah. And that's just hard to hear and hard to realize. Like Yeah. Now will I go to court and and you know, the judge always tells foster well, our judge that we've had so far has always been like If you want to say anything. Belos, yeah. Your voice is important and you know, we wanna hear you too and for the last two years, Titus and I have bent over backwards because what is foster care? It's not foster to adopt. And if you go into foster and adopt, be prepared to hurt yourself and have hurting children because foster care is literally built, designed, and for... Legally for... These children and these families right repairing and that is the goal that's the end game that's all we want that's all we've ever wanted we have plenty of kids of our own (laughs) we're not in it to adopt if that happens thanks be to god that's then that happens and we are like we're not saying in some cases we can't but in some cases we could could do that that's just not our objective going in yeah that's not our goal in foster care whatsoever but i want to and titus wants to stand side by side with these families hold their hand in whatever way we can and we have done that more than a typical foster parent would or even should in a lot of cases and that being said um now we're facing the situation we're in um we're not by the way we're being vague because this isn't our story to tell it's our foster children's story if they ever want to and um so we're just trying to tell our emotional side of it convey it and that's why people don't foster right let's be real like we hear that all the time oh i just couldn't do it i couldn't do it because whether it's a you know i i could never give them back Or B, you know, I could never, the system's so broken, I couldn't even see that the things that they do happen. I I get it. But if not me, then who? (laughs) If not us, then who? Right. And we've thought about this a lot, like when we've been in some really tough places with foster care and just personally too. But it's like, because when you're fostering, you are making an active decision to sacrifice some of your time. I don't know if finances is really it is so it definitely is part of it like (laughs) your time your space your your 
emotions, your capacity to care and to deal with things. You're going to be stressed more. Like you're sacrificing a lot of comforts that you could have if you just didn't do it. Blood, sweat, and tears. (laughs) And like, so you really have to have a servant mindset. You have to have a service way of looking at it from the get-go. Because if you go into it saying like, I'm going to do this because it's going to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. Steph and I would make the case that fostering has been amazing for us, but not always. And a lot of, a lot of painful nights and a lot of things that could have been so much easier, much more complicated. Mm -hmm. So in that way, it's definitely not going to make your life easier it's a sack. You have to think of it like this is something I get to give. I get to put myself in a situation that makes it harder for me to help someone else out, these children out during this time of desperate need. They just need someone to care for them and to love them and be whatever you can be for them. And trust me, we have not felt as capable as some of you listening to this probably think we are mm-hmm. and have said that we are. And I think we're very sometimes uncomfortable with that um, because we know how much we failed and how much we've exploded and how short our fuses are sometimes and how much we've hurt our own kids because of this. And so then we wonder, you know, are are we making the right choice? So all of that. um, And yet we're reminded by our foster support system and our agency that um, (laughs) oftentimes you might be the only one who shows them compassion Mm-hmm. and shows them patience and cares about them and and it doesn't matter if you match up to this person or that person that you're looking at from the outside or you're being the perfect parent right now but this is good parent advice in general um, <laughs> but you are the person God has chosen in this moment to give them what you can give yeah. and that's helped Steph and I just like be humbled in the fact like we are giving what we can give right now, even if that's a mess, even if we are chaotic and crazy. Um, God has given this opportunity to us for them and for us. It's forcing us, and I think this is what we get into now too, is sometimes when you're out of control and you sacrifice or you stretch yourself too thin and you just feel like you're flailing, It's in those moments where you finally and fully reach out to God and say, please save me. And you just sit in that suck for a while. (laughs) But in that moment, God totally rips you apart, which sounds very mean, but it's, it's a good thing because he's forcing you into repentance. He's forcing you into reliance on him. He's forcing you to grow. These are growing pains and... It can be terrible. So that literally reminds me. Let me just go through the feelings I had throughout the week. (laughs) So this started on Friday. Got worse on Saturday. Worse on Sunday. Even worse on Monday. Even really worse on Tuesday. And finally, snippet here, just a side note. If you ever decide that you want to go into fostering, first of all, give us a call because we'd love to talk to you. But go through an agency, specifically CCR, which is Community Care Resources, because if it wasn't for our worker, we literally have a personal social worker who has our back. We'll do all the dirty work for us. We'll, she comes to our house. We sit at our dining room table once a week. <laughs> and we're always, always supported. We put all of our 
issues, concerns, questions, everything on the table, always answered. I I used to text her like daily. Um, <laughs> I've cut yeah. back because I'm more seasoned now, but it's a, a godsend. But Tuesday came this last week. She came to our house, had a conference call, and this worker of ours has her back so so much that she knew I was not in like emotionally. I was so frustrated and so fed up, and I knew the the caseworkers can't, you know, their hands are tied. I know this, and our caseworker knows us enough to know that we know this. But I blew up, and I got loud. <laughs> and at one point, I said really loudly, "I am not finished." <laughs> Because she started talking. I think a few times, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And if you ever have the privilege to be married to Steph, which you won't be because she's mine, (laughs) um, you will know that if you start talking when she's making a point or like, it's just not good. Well, I can't hear you when I'm still talking. (laughs) And when I'm talking, there's no reason you should be talking because my voice matters (laughs) more than yours. You don't have the talking stuff yet. But she literally, she didn't even like stop me. She wasn't embarrassed. She literally slid her phone over to me closer. <laughs> and anyways, well, to keep going. So Tuesday got worse. I that was the say, day. Like she did do a great. Like she did I was so very because she she had her back. I think this, this was, was a like, conference call, by the way, with the this county. This is a shout out to just her worker. It yeah. really, it really meant a lot to me and to stuff because you could just see like she was there to speak for us to defend us, to make sure we were heard. Even if we can't impact the situation, like we need to vent. We need to be able to express ourselves and express our frustrations. And she did a really good job. And she's on the same level as these people. She's literally the same degree, the same, if not more experience than these people that we're working with, you know, whether it be the county or the state. These people are level with them. They're professionals just like them. And so when you can hear it from a measly old little foster parent, but when you have a social worker on the same level of them that has your back, that is just so empowering. Yeah, it helped us really appreciate our agency in that moment. So while that conference call, I mean, we definitely made our point. Um, Because of the powers that be, we didn't hear what we wanted to hear. It was very sad and frustrating. But that night... I, at least not yet. I would say in exactly. the Exactly. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like that night, though, I literally, back to what you said probably 10 minutes ago now, <laughs> I literally like just was like, God, like I'm giving this to you because I cannot emotionally have this. I can't even look at our foster child without crying because I just want to wrap him or her in, in bubble, bubble wrap, wrap. and <laughs> <laughs> legit and never leave my house and um the next day i got a call from the county worker and you know it still wasn't the news i wanted but at the end of that call it was thank you for making sure this child is safe tonight and i can sleep tonight and i needed her i needed to hear her say that because i literally I, then i know it just reminded me like you know this and, it, and then I said, that's all that matters, right? And we hung up. And then the next day, and I prayed hard all that next day. And then I got a phone call at work, dropped everything and answered. And we heard just like the slightest good news. But for now, like 
it, this child will be safe for now. And that's what I needed for now. And tomorrow, God will take care of tomorrow. But today is okay. And I literally just like at work, like sat down on a bucket, <laughs> a, tipped, a bucket without a lid and I tipped it over and I literally just lost like weight in my legs. I was just like, thank you. Like that's what I needed to hear. And I don't know what's going to come and we don't know what's going to come, but it's so easy to tell someone like you aren't in control. That's okay. Give it to God. It's so easy to say that because we've said it a thousand times. It's, I mean, you as a pastor have said it and preached it 10,000 times, but when you have to look a child in the face and do something that you know is wrong and not okay, and you can't just wipe your hands of it, you have to go through with it because it's the law. It's a beast. It's a different beast. It's not, it's not as easy as saying it to someone else. And I would say one one deeper thought that can help with that too, and this is I'm saying to you as well. <laughs> Steph said we, we needed this for her this to just talk this out too. This is and our therapy, me. so thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that is true, like Steph just said, you know, doing something that is wrong, it feels wrong. Um, one thing I would say, like even if yeah, we could say like in the moment, it's something that. If you looked objectively at it, you would say this is dangerous and this is not good. I think one thing that can be comforting, especially then when you have to legally, is realizing God holds all our days in his hands. And the God who throughout history has allowed some pretty atrocious things. And I know that's that's a tough one for everyone to think about. <laughs> I'm like, why did God let this happen? Why why did God let this tragedy happen? And what does God respond to that? He doesn't necessarily tell us why that individual thing happened, but he does say, trust me. Mm-hmm. I got I got the whole picture figured out. You're looking at this one tiny little piece, and yes, it may be terrible. And this isn't terrible even compared to some things that we could list throughout history that you could without question or in your life that's just absolutely for sure the worst possible thing that you could have ever thought of and it's just really hard for us to see how any good could come from that and i understand that and i i'm not asking you to see that now and as a pastor i don't necessarily say like you should like what just happened (laughs) But let it be a comfort that the God who used terrible things to save you, (laughs) like allowed the worst things to happen to his son Jesus so that he could save you, is able to use even disaster for your ultimate good and for the ultimate good of others. So that's just something that um, I remind myself of always. And I've, throughout this situation and with our foster care in general, I've had to have that perspective personally for myself too. Like I get to be, it's a gift every day that I get to take care of this kid and then I get to be there for him. And I got to remind myself of that sometimes because they're not always, they don't always feel like a gift. Um, and I don't feel like a gift to them. Um, I don't feel like a gift to you. I'm a butthole and they're being a butthole and we're all buttholes and it should just, that, uh, anyway, not a gift. And a bunch of buttholes. 
<laughs> There's buttholes everywhere. By the way, I use butthole all the time when I really want to say something else. So I'm really happy to know that it's passed on to my husband. Then a pastor does it too. I call my kids buttholes all the time. <laughs> oh, you're such a butthole. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, before we talked about that, so I don't forget. Yeah. Um, it's just like, as you're going through that, it's just good to remember that nothing is given. Nothing is given. Every day is a gift. Like, and like, even with our own children, I'm looking at our youngest now. I just started school school, and it's driving me nuts because she's so big. And I almost cry every day when I drop her off right now. And it's, I have to remind myself with her too. Like every day is a gift. I have no guarantee, especially with her. Um, she should have never been born. And there she is. And every day I get it as a gift. And I don't know, I guess that helps me deal with like bad days. Cause it's like, God gave me all of this as a gift. And even to suffer with this moment, I would rather go through this than never have had the child. Or never had this opportunity to go through this, mm -hmm. to feel this way, to feel these emotions and to love this person so much that it hurts. Like that in itself is a gift. Um, I know that you can relate. Like, and this is not, like I said, this doesn't have to just be fostering. It can be parenting in general. It could be relationships in general. I could say that about my wife. Like every day I have with her is a gift. And it's good to remind myself of that because that changes the way I approach a day and how I treat her and how... We work through things and I wake up in the morning excited for that. Anyway, I'll stop. That's my tangent. Okay. So <laughs> that just like, that just like reminds me that like it, how we have so much power in Christ, yet so often we're not using any of it. So that means like we choose to live stressed out, weak, powerless, um, peaceless and just broken, broken souls. Um, but imagine how Jesus must feel when he looks at us living this way, like we're operating in warfare defensively, not offensively. And I actually wrote this passage down and I was like literally reminding myself this as you're saying all of that, like I literally just like meditated on this passage. I was not prepared for that, by the way. So yeah, this, this, is was a God, this is a God thing. <laughs> but Hebrews um, 4.16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So that means mm -hmm. that we liter we come to the throne naked. We come in full humility, willing to expose your, our souls before the Lord. And afraid, by the way. And afraid. <laughs> And Titus and I both know that this boldness and this, this confidence, it literally comes from spending the regular and consistent time with God without a mask. So, I mean, you can, I Gosh, was I just, just like about that jotting, jotting names down and you can probably add more to the list because I kept reading, but like Abraham, Moses, Elijah, who we've talked a lot about lately, David, Peter, John, Paul, you can learn from all of them, plus a lot more. <laughs> like I said, I just kind of, I stopped thinking. Um, but man, it's just a beautiful gift to have God behind you and on your side. Because we are powerless, and I'm so thankful 
and that as Christians, we have hope and we have someone to turn to when you feel like you have absolutely nothing and no say. Yeah, we were just talking about like how awesome our social worker is. Let's use that same idea. Like mm-hmm. there's that passage that says we do not have um, a mediator who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses because in every way... Yeah. He has been tempted just as we are, yet was without sin. Like, the point there is, like, he can empathize with you. He he maybe didn't sin, so he's not relating to you like, yeah, I've, I've been really unfaithful and didn't trust God either. Like, he, he won't have that conversation with you, but he will say, like, I know how hard it is. I've been there. I've felt your pain. I've been in that situation, and um, I still choose to love you even though you didn't handle that well, don't worry, I'll take care of it. So when we talk about the system, like not always working for you, like this system, God's system always works for you. And like when we are powerless, so like not only can you do more when you embrace that, but like even when you can't, like God is always working behind the scenes for you. So like he's taking care of it while you're falling to pieces. So while you don't trust him, God's not just sitting there and being like, well, I'm going to wait for them to figure it out before I before I fix this. He's he's already got it fixed. He's already taking care of it. And he's nursing you back to health in the, in the, at the same time. So he's holding the baby in one arm and he's got the bottle in your face because you're a baby at that moment. And he's got to feed you some milk too because so you can't mean. handle anything. Oh my gosh. And he's like, all right, I'll take care of the baby that you're ignoring right now. And I'll also feed you this and I'll take care of your husband because he's freaking out because you're freaking out. And like, you guys are all a mess and your other kids are yelling at each other. And, oh, I uh, am a mess. We actually <laughs> wanted to do this podcast like the night of, um, I don't know, Tuesday, probably after it's the probably conference better call. We waited till today. Oh my gosh, I would have been crying the whole time. You guys would have been like, get your act together. <laughs> um, today I'm better. I would have been in, I would have been she a blubbering mess. She was about to say a different word than act. Keep going. <laughs> don't even know me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, but honestly, like, it's frustrating because sometimes God will, like, form a shield around you telling, basically just, like, not letting anything in to hurt you or touch you or do anything. And then other times it's, like, all of these things slip in. But yet there's God saying, like, going he- head on and battling it. And I think what's so frustrating is like you go through that and you're like, I've been here before. Yeah. I know this. I've I've fought this battle. Why did I get so stressed again? And you get so mad at yourself. <laughs> you're like, I know better than this. Like I've already learned this lesson and God had to break me down just to learn it all over again because I'm too stupid to hold on to the same lesson that I've he's taught me a thousand times. But I had to learn it again because mm-hmm. totally. I started doing it without him again. Isn't that so frustrating that your human nature is so, uh, I don't know, like so. There's many personalities. What's the word when you're trying to drown something and he won't drown? He's like so. Uh, murder? No, <laughs> like of the person who's trying to save himself. Like what would you say? Like he's so like squirrely. He's so like, because re- we use baptism. Okay, so Luther is the one who makes me think that. So I'm not the first one who's super weird here. It was Luther. But 
and not just Luther, other people, it says in the Bible, but it says drown your sinful nature, like push him under the water, like the you that doesn't trust God, God literally says drown that person. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Like, oh my gosh, he's been telling like, me that all week. Kill <laughs> that person. Like this is not you, but when you're afraid and when you're stressed, like yeah. that person just rears its ugly head and says like, no. I need to control. This is terrible. You're terrible. Everything's terrible. Exactly. I hate you. You don't care about me. And it's like, you don't you don't like that person. <laughs> you don't want to be that person, but like it rears its stupid head. And you have to go back to with God into his word. He has to bring you to repentance. He's got to break you down until you're willing to drown that person again and say like, let go. Let go. Yeah. Because God's got it. And for me this week, it was... Let me at him. Like, <laughs> I am going to make this, I'm going to fix this, and I am going to teach a lesson, and this is not going to happen because I'm not going to let it. <laughs> but really, yeah. I'm just a peasant. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, your mama bears come out, and you just, as a mom, like, our, I think of our kids, like, Anything, any situation like this came up, like, no question. There would be no issue because it just wouldn't be allowed. But we don't have that say. Yeah. And it sucks, and it sucks, and it sucks. And the reality is, even with your own kids, you ultimately don't have that final say. And that's something that every parent has to wrap their head around as their kids get older. They're alone to you, and it's such a beautiful blessing. And Thank God that the parents of my children, other than me, is God. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I love fostering father. for God. <laughs> Seriously. He's so just. <laughs> and that's that's our big system that yeah. saves us in this system, is that our God is in control of every system, and he's stronger and can overrule it at any time. And maybe, like you, these people listening have like, many monsters like there was a point this week where i was so frustrated and emotional like i felt like a zombie i was so irritable and titus said the words to me like i feel like the reason i'm not as i don't even know what the word is is because i have other beasts that i'm battling right now And yeah. there's other there's other fires that need to be put out that he is ultimately not in control of, and it's frustrating. And especially and in a ministry too, yeah, he feels responsible. And there's people that are like relying, and he's feeling like he's letting them down, and it's hurting, and it sucks, and it keeps us up at night. And now this is here, and it's keeping me up at night, and I'm reeling out of control with this. And so is he, of course. Who wouldn't? But then there's this other beast that's also, so it's like, yeah, like I'm used to it. And, I, and I'm over here like, I'm not. <laughs> and this sucks. You need to pity me. <laughs> so one of the statements I made at the beginning, what does it look like when a Christian goes through these things? Have we described that to you? <laughs> um, it can look really messy. There was and- a day... As a pastor's wife, I have to admit, there was a day this week that I uh, confided into, I'm pretty sure, our, yeah, our personal social worker with our agency. I confided and I said, you know, 
Shannon, if I had seen this person in person, when I heard everything, I would have punched him in the face. I don't think I would have been able to not physically done something. And that's coming to you straight from a pastor's wife, so. Yeah, you're going straight to hell. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if my actions, podcast, if my actions dictated out. if I went to hell, I would be going straight to hell. <laughs> so do Christians struggle? Yes, my friend, they do. And it's almost harder because... It's also battling like, I know what my God says, and I know I have faith because it's even more enlightening to how much my actions and my own self is not in control of that faith. Because if it were, I would not be a Christian. <laughs> I would have ruined it so many times over. And you really hope, like, even though God doesn't promise an easy life, you think like, I'm going to have this terrible time and then I'm going to have this come to Jesus moment and I'm actually going to read my Bible for a good amount of time and I'm going to find this awesome passage and I'm going to read it and I'm just going to have this hallmark moment where mm. now I feel hallmark. amazing <laughs> and now everything's butterfly good. and rainbows <laughs> and I wake up the next day and I'm a Jesus person from a cheesy Christian movie and everything's great and fantastic but that's not reality. Um, and that's not what God describes. And like, if you think that's what happened to Paul when he's sitting in prison and he's waiting to be put to death, but maybe he'll get a chance to talk to directly to Caesar before that happens. Um, um, he's not like those nights I'm sure were, hard and i'm not saying that you don't get to this place of of peace in moments i've definitely been there and steph will tell you during the time with um magnolia's difficult pregnancy like she experienced a peace like she had never experienced before but that wasn't all the time i mean we still had nights yeah. where i had to talk her off the ledge because she was ready to freak out and you know run away from the hospital run away too. from the hospital she's like please kidnap me i miss my family i don't want to be here anymore and they're trapping me and they won't let me out and I had to be like, if I take you out of here, we're going to have to pay $100,000 plus. You just didn't want to pay. Yeah, like, I don't want to pay that money. So, like, we leave here, we lose all that insurance money. That's not happening. So you're staying here. <laughs> wow. That's the real reason. Also, I trust that the doctors know what they're doing and you're going to listen to them because I don't want you to die. But, you know, that's also, secondary also reason. Also don't want to pay. <laughs> Anyways, so I guess... My point with all of that is, yeah, it can be very hard. Yeah. And as a Christian, you can know the truths of God's word, but emotionally still be a mess. I, and that doesn't mean you're not a Christian or you don't have faith. Yeah. And I've now had the privilege of talking about my depression and anxiety and that's one of the points I always make is that emotions and faith are not the same thing. Yeah. You can feel like your life is over and yet still believe that Jesus died for you and you're going to heaven if you died today. Speaking um, of depression and anxiety, it probably doesn't help. 
that this is the week that I am like really weaning off, off, off of my anxiety meds. No, they're connected. I I, have it's a tough situation, but you don't have the thing that was helping you kind of deal with those extremes. It's like, um, oh, you want off of these? Well, let's see how good those coping mechanisms work now. <laughs> at least God's just showing you you're surviving. Yeah, I mean, that's, like today, that's a, that's a I gift. didn't cry. I didn't cry today. I didn't cry today. Progress. Yeah. Even when I decided to like look up some verses on verse or you whatever uh, mm-hmm. on the Bible app and you version. I you version. I wasn't crying, but I was looking at my bait, my foster child, <laughs> while that foster child was smiling at me, loving me. And then just think, looking like, up to me to look, take care of them. <laughs> go back a year, and he wasn't even a a thought in her. I know. And that's just so like Isn't that crazy, you guys. The perspective, um, <sighs> how quickly God can change your life, and how dependent He can make you on the changes He forced on you. Whatever you have today, <laughs> that could look so different in seven months from now, eight months from now, six, five, four. Tomorrow, tomorrow could look so different. God promises to work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his gospel. That's a promise. God doesn't promise it'll be pain-free, but he does promise that he has a plan. Yeah. And as good children, we always trust our parents (laughs) to know best, right? Especially our Heavenly Father. And now my my job, my job ultimately, what the Bible told me today when I looked it up <laughs> is that I have to check my heart before I do things. <laughs> because when I'm this emotional, there are certain things I want to do. <laughs> and then he's like, wait, is this for good or is this because you want to go back to tuesday night and punch someone in the face (laughs) (laughs) is it something you're doing because you actually believe that i'm handling this or is it because you still think you need to handle this and maybe not even handle this you just need to kick some butt like let me at him god let me at him like i need to pay him back or (laughs) i need to do this or it's just so easy to want to just have like that spiteful heart it's just, it's our nature to have a spiteful heart. I've gotten really good at that over the years. I'm not good at it. I've, got, I've learned so much about my spiteful heart that it's been like, um, it's been more, op- it's been more like in my face and I've been able to recognize it more. And I honestly haven't felt a deep, spiteful heart I can uh, I can say I don't know if it's been years like this where I actually like the day the worst day of all where I literally had so much evil spiteness I don't know the last time that I've ever felt that or even just a glimpse of that much spite and today I don't feel it at all today it's it's like literally feels like like Landon said like you pray and he's like no mom in our last in our episode like no seriously like I literally mean 
I pray and I literally feel the knot untying and that is literally how I feel. And today, I don't feel spite. I feel sadness. I feel, I think I'll always feel anxiety, but it's just the unknown is hard. And I feel more content though in knowing that like these lawyers, especially lawyers that, you know, are on the defense. Anytime you go to court or you're a foster parent and the court appointed free lawyers that the, the people get, like they're not there for justice. Lawyers are there to for represent your, their to client. represent their rights. That's it. They they might know what justice is, but they're not there for that. So they're not going to, you can tell them till you're blue in the face, what's right and wrong. They're not there for that. That's not what they're paid for. They're paid for what are your rights and I'm going to represent those. And all of that is out of my control. But I know that I have a God so much bigger than that. And to see myself like on my knees the other day and night, just like, literally feeling my soul come out of me in my prayers just like literally giving it to God and then having that little slice of good news that I never I did not honestly think would happen even just that little bit and it's like completely thank you God because <laughs> I am of little faith and yet <laughs> you're still in control even when my faith is little you are in control and you still feed me my faith <laughs> and you've renewed it <laughs> once again <sighs> so hard and now we've put our little bait our little child to sleep and now i want to go get them and wake them up <laughs> so you know you don't get to sleep you don't no. have to comfort me yeah <laughs> this is about me <laughs> <laughs> this is your job take care Love of your me. parents <laughs> you feed mama <laughs> feed your mama <laughs> oh, this is making me wacko I think I also my, my co-workers are so done with my shenanigans today I think they were so done with me I am losing it and I am I feel like I need to buy a gift card for all your coworkers and I know, say thank for putting you up to for me. taking my wife, babysitting her for half yeah. the day today because I really needed a break. <laughs> Somebody needed to do it. <laughs> I needed some time to worry about. And my boss is off, so it's like my coworkers and like my technical like supervisor person. Yeah, they put up with me every day, and then they tell me to come back and do it again. <laughs> And they tell you that you make the environment there wonderful, so they, they love do. you. See, everybody needs a little crazy in their life. A little crazy. Well. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, thank you for sitting in on our therapy session. Yeah, this has been great. You can bill us. <laughs> <laughs> you can send us a bill that you listened to this and made us feel better. I'm probably not going to pay it. You know how Titus is with his money. He won't even let me leave the hospital. <laughs> not for my health. No. For the bill. <laughs> there we have it. But yeah, we have a great and beautiful God who has all things in his hands. And uh, I, I just look forward to having that conversation with Jesus when I get to heaven. 
as we just walk along the beach and he takes me down memory lane <laughs> and pretty soon I'm just gonna have to say like just stop it's too it's too painful it's too painful to watch how I reacted in these situations <laughs> when you make clear just how you had it and even if I didn't have your perspective now I could have saw it then if I would have just paid attention but I was so stuck in my own head and I'm just embarrassed. Yeah, not even just painful, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's just gonna be embarrassing. <laughs> like, stop now, I get the point. <laughs> like, yes, I love you more, but. We yeah. always say perspective. Once you finally have perspective, you're like, okay, you were a bit of a baby, over-exaggerated. But in the time, guys, like you're not crazy. It feels like the end of the world. And can you imagine, can you just imagine you probably don't want to, but can you imagine those who do not know their God? In these circumstances, what do they do? You got nothing they to got look nothing. to tomorrow. You don't have an eternity on that side that we look forward to that'll balance out things. Not only are they powerless and their hands are tied, but they don't have someone on their side whose hands are never tied. And probably helps us understand, if you take some time to think about that, just all the broken families that are out there. Yeah. Because they're trying to fix things and they're just like, if I don't do it, no one will. And they have no happy ending, no hope beyond themselves. And that makes people do crazy stuff. One thought before <laughs> like we close tonight. As a foster parent, I get so invested and to a fault. This is why the the county, like everyone knows. They adore us probably because we do more than we need to, but and, and it saves them time. But I get so invested. Like I would literally have a mom come to my house and I would teach them how to bathe their child. Like that's how invested we are. And part of that, though, is to a fault. And I say that because what am I doing? Again, like without, I can say like, this is a beautiful thing. I'm so invested in helping these families. But really a part of that is because what am I doing? I'm trying to take control. Like I can fix this person. I can fix this family. I can stop the violence and the awful things that are happening. No, Steph, <laughs> you can't. And I actually thought our foster training was good at couching our expectations yeah like a lot of that training is like you will not fix these kids yeah like even just saying like if they've been through trauma you can't just like magically make their brain better you could love them with everything you got do everything right and they may still hate you boy did we see that we've had foster children who we love and yeah we've had foster children we love with every piece of our heart and to this day to this day, we advocate and hope and wonder and ask questions and be a part of that story because we want that to be good and we want the end result to be good. But Instead of our when, when they have to leave our home for something, for safety or for whatever reason, and it's not to go home or not for a good reason, that's so hard. It breaks our heart. And that's happened to us. We've had children leave our home for safety reasons or whatever the case may be. Um, and we for, had to accept that we, needed we to accept couldn't that. fix it. We, like, And it was putting us in a bad place and it was 
putting other people in danger, our kids in danger or in a bad place. Yeah. You know, so it was like accepting the limitations of being human. And I was talking to another foster parent who's also had that with the same children and they're like, even to this day, they're like, I just whatever it takes, like maybe you and I, we can figure something out and they can come half of the time with me or a week with me, a week with you. And like, we're still fighting that guilt because we love them so much. But sometimes you just have to let go and realize that you are not Jesus. <laughs> you cannot save the world. Yeah. We're not the heroes here. Yeah. And it's a balance. Because, like, it's still good to push yourself, still good to sacrifice, it's still good to put yourself in faith-testing situations, but you also have to recognize that it's not about you, you can't fix it, you're just one piece of a puzzle that God is going to put together, and you get to be a part of that, and you get to play the part he lets you play. Yeah, and that not puzzle... Not the one you want. And that puzzle can have a million bazillion pieces... But it's never complete without your little piece being added. And as hard as it is to go through these situations and not have all the pieces and you wish you could control it. when, Like if you really play that out though, do you, do you really want to be in charge of putting together all these pieces? Are you capable of that? Do you have the power like, or the mental capacity to do God's job? No. So you need to let it go and let him do his thing. So that's like the first realization. It's like, <laughs> do you really want control over this? No. Because if you did, you would mess it up. Okay, I just want to be the dictator of the end result. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> In some cases. But maybe your end result will get someone to hell. Know, you know, and it's I like, know, I, I think that's just the humbling part is. This is why everyone, if you're not married, you should marry a pastor because <sighs> I was up here. Now I'm way down here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what a pastor is supposed to do. And a husband <laughs> is always to put you down there. <laughs> Has not. <laughs> like who died and made you king stuff? Nobody. <laughs> you better humble yourself. <laughs> Check yourself you before you no wreck king. yourself. Pretty sure that was our vows. <laughs> that was the self-written ones after. But then we sang "Give Me Jesus" after that, <laughs> so it was fine. <laughs> All right, should we go to bed? Because tomorrow's another day, and I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Yeah, I'm sure you don't either. But if you spent this time with us, thank you. Yeah. And if you feel similar, you are not alone. Yeah. And we understand and we are with you as we do with God's power, strive to trust him. Thrust him. Trust him. We're trusting With him. our lives. Not thrusting him. With the lives of our children, with the lives of our spouse and everyone. Um. And take that load off. Doesn't mean we're not going to get up tomorrow and try our hardest to do everything in our power to be a part of this. But ultimately, go to sleep knowing that God's got it. And he always does. What's our favorite saying? That's what I'm kind of... Work all day as if you are in charge of everything. But go to bed knowing that absolutely nothing depended on you. Remind me that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to strive and yet be at peace. Yeah. So God is for you, not against you. And if he is for us, who can be against us? 
You did not spare his one and only son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also graciously give us all things? Peace, my friends. Good night. Good night.